The Colts have begun cutting their roster down to 90 players, but were any of the moves that they made this weekend surprising? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am Jake Arthur, and he is Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. Uh, I am your daily on-site credentialed media member for the site, bringing you all the latest news and notes from the team facility. And Zach is just the roughest, roughest and tumble film guy that we've got out there. <laughs> roughest and tumble? <laughs> Am I rough, rolling around? <laughs> well, rough and tumble, you've heard that before, surely. <laughs> Man, I was born in the late 90s. I don't know if that's some some early 90s slang there, Jake. Or well, I say I things that are far <laughs> older than what I actually am. So okay, we're, gonna, okay. we're going with it today. Um, <laughs> we're going to tell you guys about some of the roster moves that the Colts have uh, started making in terms of getting that roster down to 53 players from 90. Uh, And then we're also going to continue kind of wrapping up our coverage from the preseason and training camp. Uh, Tell you some of the, you know, who are the most outstanding players, biggest surprises, things like that on both sides of the ball. Uh, But most importantly, let's go ahead and start out with some of these roster moves. Uh, Now this one is not official yet, Zach, but it has been announced that Danny Pinter broke his ankle in that preseason finale. Uh, so he will go on IR. That will be one of the, you know, that's going to be one of the chop downs from 90 to 53 is him, him going on IR because uh, he's expected to miss the, the season, I would presume. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll be one of them. The rest, you know, nothing too crazy. Um, you know, they released running back Kenyon Drake and safety tease Tabor. Uh, they also waived a handful of guys, wide receivers, Tyler Adams and Cody Case. Offensive linemen Emil Ekior and Matthew Vanderslice, tight ends Michael Jacobson and Nick Eubanks, and then kicker Lucas Habersick. Um, so again, nothing earth shattering yet. Uh, a couple of those veterans, it's probably you know, go ahead and let's get you out on the market soon so you can beat the rush, you know, of, of the rest of the, the league. Uh, anything on here kind of moving the needle for you? Yeah. Well, before we get into the roster moves and stuff like that, just Danny Pinter being out mm-hmm. for the season that that's kind of a big blow to this team because yes. now don't get me wrong. Danny Pinter really, really rough at right guard, really, really rough at right guard last season. Obviously putting the faith in him as a starter last year just did not work for this team. When he did move back to center, it wasn't that bad. Like it, like it wasn't amazing. I'm not going to sit here and, and lie about it and say that he was incredible back at center, but it was what we kind of expected, you know, a good backup center to have behind Ryan Kelly, who, Ryan Kelly's dealing with injuries on his own right now. He's missed the last, what, two weeks of training camp, last week and a half of training camp, and he's not been the most healthy player the last couple of seasons. So Danny Pinter as the backup center was probably going to see some playing time this year, you know, whether we want to see it or not. And now losing that player, 
I made a joke about this or a quip about it on uh, on X the other day slash Twitter, whatever the heck you want to call that app now. Uh, I made a joke about it, though, being like the Colts are now down to six rosterable offensive linemen on this entire team. Like they had seven, but now with Danny Pinter out, like you have your starting five, you have Blake Freeland. I'm not sure you have another one on this roster right now. I mean, Arlington Hambright and and uh, Carter O'Donnell certainly made a case, but you know, with Danny Pinter being out for the season now, the Colts are going to have to go so heavy on offensive line claims or offensive line trades or maybe signing a veteran. I know you guys are going to put that veteran's name in all of our comment section to this show, but you know, there's a lot of ways the Colts could go here, but I think they need to do a lot to upgrade this backup offensive line group because losing Danny Pinter, you really don't have any like depth on this team when it comes to the offensive line group that you actually have any faith in. Even Blake Freeland, you don't really have that much faith in him right now because he still has a ways to go. So losing Danny Pinter, you just lose all that faith in your depth on the offensive line. Yeah, your only other like true backup centers right now are Dakota Shepley and Wesley French. So, you know, the rest of the guys, you know, the rest of your backups aren't really guys who have experienced much with center. And so it's going to be a, a critical need now because, like you mentioned, Ryan Kelly has not had the cleanest bill of health. Uh, so that definitely that, that's something they're going to have to address. And Pinter didn't just back up center like they kept cross training him all summer. Him and French would bounce back and forth between guard and center. I know. I, I don't want we, to see that. Yeah, we only is, want to see him win. at center. I would say but, that's a net win. Then if you're going to mention that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. saying that that in their plans, he wasn't just a backup center. So you, you got to have a backup interior lineman in there somewhere. So, yeah. 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 Uh, looking at some of these other moves though. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, I'm, and I'm glad that you actually separated the two when you said release these two players and then wave the other players. Mm -hmm. So if you guys listening are not super familiar with how release works versus being waived, when you're waived by an NFL team, that means you haven't accrued four seasons yet in the NFL or you haven't been in the NFL for four seasons. So you are subject to waivers upon being released by a team. So those players that you mentioned, Tyler Adams, Cody Case, Emile Kior, all those type of players, they have to go through waivers and all 31 other teams have a chance to claim them. If they're unclaimed, then they become free agents. Players like Kenyon Drake and Tease Tabor immediately become free agents. There's no waiver process. They don't have to like, you know, wait to see if they're getting grabbed by another team. And one thing I wanted to mention with Kenyon Drake here is sometimes when you release these players early, like you mentioned uh, here, Jake, uh, with Kenyon Drake, you know, giving him that chance to before the whole rush, you can go out there and find another team. But also it kind of can be like a hint, hint, wink, wink, like don't go too far. If there's any injuries here in house, we'd love to bring you back and stuff like that. So it's kind of more like, a, hey, we'll release you early. You can go see if there's a market for you elsewhere. But if you know, Evan Hull goes down with an injury this season. If Zach Moss is not fully healthy, after we make some roster moves, we could bring you back to be part of the team again. He doesn't have to go through waivers and get claimed by someone else like these other players. So, you know, with veterans, it is a little, there's a little more flexibility there. And you might see the Colts go this route with a Tony Brown as well in the next couple of days. Uh, but Kenyon Drake's just one of those guys where, you know, you kind of know what you have there. You don't really need to stash him on the roster. And if there are injuries, then you just bring him right back. Yeah, and I, uh, <laughs> we we got uh, children piping in here, but no, um, when it happens that early as well, especially with these younger guys, it's also an indicator that, uh, you know, they just are probably not going to make the practice squad either. Yeah, um, definitely or, or, with the wave or, guys, like like the wave yeah. guys this early, 
you're probably not bringing them back. Like if you're releasing a Kenyon Drake early, like again, it might be like, Hey, we got a good look at you for like a month. We feel pretty good about you, but we just have other guys we like more right now. But these other guys, which I'm assuming you were going to transition us into like Emil Akior, for instance, a guy who coming into training camp, we were all saying, this is a guy who can compete for a roster spot should have been draftable, but he had a, I think it was like a heart condition at the combine is one of the main reasons why he went undrafted. And he just did not grab a spot on this roster. Uh, he just did not do enough. Uh, the first preseason game in particular against the Buffalo Bills was just very, very brutal for him. And he just didn't look like he belonged on an NFL roster at all. And I, I know some people are going to say, oh, you release him early, get him on that practice squad. But you don't release him early if you really plan on bringing him around. You try to sneak him through with, with the hundreds of waivers that happened on Tuesday. So I think this is more of a, you know, we gave the local kid a shot. It didn't really work. It's kind of the same as Tyler Adams, too. Tyler Adams is a local kid they gave a shot to. Cody Case, I believe, was pretty local as well. I think he was Illinois uh, or something like that. So it's kind of like all these local kids that they were giving a shot to and they and they liked, but, you know, it's it's not going to work out. They're going to probably be somewhere else or, you know, waiting for a call next camp for the Colts to bring them in. Yeah, as I say, they at least got on the active roster with that. You know, they, they made it through training camp and everything. Yeah, um, yeah, none of those. I mean, the timing of none of these is super surprising. I mean, a, a lot of people, myself included, thought Emil Ekior could compete for a depth spot at right guard, you know, probably practice squad. And so to see him go out already, like you said, he just never really landed here. Uh, Cody Case did some really nice things early in training camp with someone I, I was watching a lot the first week or so. Um, but that receiver group just had so many quality contributors to it that he just kind of fell in, into the the mix a, a little bit. So really nothing surprising here. The, the Colts, I feel like they tend to make a random thing, like hold on to that second kicker for a while for some reason, but they did they did get rid of the extra weight with Lucas Haversick. So there, there's really nothing too surprising here. No, nothing too crazy, guys. But coming up, we're going to continue our training camp talk and just our review of training camp and everything uh, while talking about some of our awards for the Colts offense this summer. But first, let's hear from our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger, with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. And every day, this is one of the busiest weeks of the entire offseason. It's going to be cuts flying all over the place. There's going to be uh, trades happening. The Colts might be involved in some of those, especially with a big-name running back. So we're going to be back here to break it all down for you here on Locked On Colts throughout the whole week, starting tomorrow, obviously, on on uh, Wednesday's morning show and everything like that. So make sure you guys are tuning in to Locked On Colts. All right, Jake, so to kick off our offensive awards throughout training camp, just the offseason in general, we're talking most outstanding player. Jake, I'm going to throw this ball to you, and, and the ball is in your court here. 
who is your most outstanding player of the entire offseason? Oh, there are a few different options. You know, there, there are some guys who are consistent day in and day out and what have you. Uh, but the most outstanding part from a player's player perspective of this is that Anthony Richardson earned the QB one tag. Um, he was clearly the, the better option, moved the offense better uh, throughout the summer. Anthony Richardson, rookie top five pick. Uh, that's got to be the guy because he's so far. I mean, there's no been no games yet, no official regular season games, but so far he's perhaps exceeding expectations because I think a lot of people didn't think he would already be ready for that. Um, as a passer, he's a little better than a lot of people thought already as well. Uh, so most outstanding player, Anthony Richardson, already getting QB1. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a rough year at times. Uh, it's not going to be pretty whatsoever. We saw in the, in the two preseason games he played, it was really fun moments, but it was not really that pretty overall. That's going to be a lot of his rookie season. But like you mentioned, the fact that he was able to come in, secure that that starting quarterback spot, like do just enough to where Shane Steichen said, you know what, let's go with him. Let's let's do this from day one uh, for him to show that much there. I mean, that's where you have to really put all your uh, all your hype and all your praise for this young player. So I'm excited for Anthony Richardson. I'm hoping that he can continue this into the season. And I'm hoping he can keep his head high through the bad moments because there's going to be some bad moments and we're not trying to to puff some smoke up some butts here by saying that there's not going to be any bad moments. Uh, but switching to another player here who I think had a great, just an outstanding offseason here on the offense, that's going to be veteran tight end Kylan Granson. Now, the Colts tight end group was hampered by injuries. Like ev- from top to bottom, every single player who – came into this tight end group or was coming back into this tight end group was just hurt at some point this offseason. The one guy who stayed healthy through it all is Kylan Granson. And despite, I mean, on top of just staying healthy, he was able to just put together a great camp. Yet he showed great hands. Uh, he was the player who's consistently hauling in passes from Anthony Richardson in the, in the games, in the preseason games, had a really good connection with the young quarterback, showed that ability to run after the catch was getting open throughout all of training camp from everything that you've reported to us here on Locked on Colts, Jake. So Kylan Granson, I know every offseason it feels like we get really excited about his his preseason, his training camp, and then, you know, it kind of carries into the regular season, but not fully. I think this is really the time for him, though. Tight ends take take a little bit to, to develop in this league. They're not a position that comes in from day one and just dominates. And we're seeing here like a year three tight end is when they really break out. I think this is going to be a good year for Kylan Granson, especially with Jelani Woods. You know, we, we just don't really know his status with that hamstring injury. So if Jelani Woods is missing some time, Kylan Granson's tight end one, and he's proven it here in training camp. So Kylan Granson's my most outstanding player on offense throughout training camp. I thought he just had a really, really great offseason. For sure. And, I mean, he's a tight end that you can move around. He's, he's best known for pass catching, obviously. Uh, but talking to tight ends coach Tom Manning, like I was surprised to see him go out of his way to compliment Granson's blocking as well. Now he's by no means a finished product and he's not even a standout blocker, you would say. Uh, but the fact that the Colts like his blocking ability lends itself to show what his playing time could be this year. Uh, the you know, what his role in the depth chart could be if if they let go of Mo Alley Cox and they think, you know, Kylan can hold his own as a blocker while you know Jelani Woods has not been out there. Uh, Drew Ogletree has been in and out as well. Um, so the only constant in the tight end room has been Kylan Granson. And of the guys that we think will make the roster, Kylan Granson is your de facto tight end one. Yeah. 
Uh, he, yeah. He's been healthy. He's been consistent. He's shown great hands. His biggest issues previously were his inconsistent hands and his abilities as a blocker for the most part. And those things have kind of been checked off for the most part. I mean, again, he's not a standout blocker. He's not the guy that you're going to put out there helping against a TJ Watt or something essentially. But I mean, enough to where he's not going to be such a singular focused tight end. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I think they'll find ways to keep him more involved. Yeah. And he'll be their H back slash um, mm-hmm. fullback as well in some sets. So it's going to be really nice to see that with him. Uh, newcomer of the year. Again, this could be a rookie. This could be someone who maybe was with the team last year, but was on the practice squad. So never really got a chance. Uh, we're going to go with two rookies because I think they're the obvious ones. Uh, the one I'm going to go with is Josh Downs wide receiver in the third round pick. Uh, Josh Downs was kind of just everything as advertised coming into this offseason. You know, it took him a minute to surpass Isaiah McKenzie as the slot receiver, but I think we can definitively say that he's he's kind of surpassed him at this point. Yeah, uh, ca- yeah. mostly catches everything. Again, the third preseason game, he did have that drop, but for the most part, he's caught everything this entire offseason. Great hands, really good build for a smaller receiver, great after the catch. I'm really excited for Josh Downs with Anthony Richardson as offense this year. Yeah, he, he's been a bright spot throughout camp, and it's just been one of those things where it's like, all right, when is he going to get in over McKenzie in the lineup? And it finally started happening. And, you know, both Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson have fed this guy in practice. Like, they commonly look his way, and, again, he pretty much catches everything most of the time. Uh, so he's been a, a real standout. Uh, and that guy he's going to be catching passes from, we also have to mention here, of course, in the newcomer of the year, Anthony Richardson. Uh, so it's a lot of expectations for a rookie quarterback, top five pick to come in uh, and earn that QB one role. But he wasn't even really gifted it. You know, what I mean, they signed Gardner Minshew to be the starter if their rookie wasn't ready. And Richardson showed enough to uh, to be ready. So uh, we, we want to make sure we get in this next group here before we move on to defense. Biggest surprise. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be a player. It could just be a subject of of the whole uh, thing so no resolution to the Jonathan Taylor situation I think is one of the biggest surprises I think everyone figured okay he's disgruntled with the contract he's on pup this whole thing is going to work itself out at some point before training camp is over and we'll know one way or the other how it's how it's going to work out we don't know that right now uh, the trade stuff is heated up he's been given a deadline of Tuesday afternoon you know that 4 p.m deadline uh, to, well, probably not even the 4 p.m. They want to know if he's going to get traded or not so they know whether to keep him on any injured lists or you know what to do with him uh, in relation to the roster. So uh, there has got been no resolution, and you could say the situation is just as murky as it was the day it, it all st- started. Yeah, we won't get an update until like noon-ish, uh, from anywhere between noon and four-ish on Tuesday. Yeah. is when we'll get an update whether the Colts are going to keep him, whether they're going to trade him and trade him to the Dolphins is probably <laughs> the one that it would be. Um, and if they keep him, I don't assume he's going to play a snap for the Colts anymore at this point. I, I assume he would be on the pup list the entire year and just not play. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're going to get more, more info on that here on Tuesday. I don't expect anything on Monday. You guys are listening to this on Monday. I do not expect anything on Monday in terms of just news on this front. The Colts are going to take this to the wire, see what deals they get, evaluate all the deals, and then pick which one they like the best if they're going to trade him. But yeah, I think that has to be the biggest overall surprise of just the entire offseason for this entire team 
is Jonathan Taylor back in April saying, I've got to honor this contract. I'm on a contract. I want to be an indie forever. I love Indy. Trey uh, just changes out his agent, goes to to Malkikawa, and uh, it turns into this whole mess here. Again, I'm not blaming it all on Taylor and, and Kawa. I'm not blaming it all on the Colts either, but it, it's just become a mess that none of us could have feasibly just envisioned whatsoever a couple months ago. Who would have thought that Jonathan Taylor would be the player in this situation with the Colts. I mean, the guy that we all know and love is the humble running back that was uh, breaking records for the Colts and stuff like that. Again, I'm not saying he's not that guy still. I just, from the surface, there's no way you could have predicted that this would be the player having a contract dispute and pretty much demanding his way out of India. I, I just never would have seen it happening. And it's by far and away one of the biggest overall surprises, not only this offseason, but just in my time covering the Colts. Yeah, and with the caveat that he's still got the ankle, I think another big surprise within all of it is that the Colts hadn't even made him any offers. Like, we all assumed, I think, behind the scenes that they were jostling back and forth and negotiating, but no, the Colts never really had even come to the table. Not that they were never going to, but it was not on on Taylor's timeline that they were. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to have more on that later in the week once we know what's going on with Taylor. So we'll table that discussion for now. Uh, We're going to toss some awards over to the defensive side of the ball here in a minute. But first, it's game time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll actually have with those tickets. I personally love game time because if I feel like being spontaneous and, you know, going out on a whim on a weekend when I had no plans, just anything like that, I can go right to game time and not have to browse a bunch of different places for prices and things like that. They've got their flash deals, the images of the seats, which is always nice, and the lowest price guarantee. Game time is an easy choice. Game time is the place for the last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll get you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of that difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you are all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email either because that can be a whole nother mess. Nag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, so I feel like other than Jonathan Taylor or Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson, there's been more to talk about with the defense this summer. Um, so most outstanding player, there we don't have any obvious ones. So this one's a little more fun, I'm going to be honest. Uh, the guy I'm going with is Nick Cross. So this is a guy that needed to have, I, I say he needed to have a pretty good summer. He had a great summer. Uh, preseason was pretty good training camp practices even better. And that includes joint practices, which that's, that's outstanding to see, uh, this guy, the coaches have said all the right things about him. 
which is not what they were saying last year. I mean, we could see him making some plays on the field, but the coaches were like, yeah, yeah, we're looking for some consistency. <laughs> uh, but he's gotten even better on the field, and now his coaches are kind of raving about his work ethic and things like that and where he's caught up to mentally. So a guy like this, you know, he's, he's going to force the Colts to make some difficult decisions when it comes to game day personnel and stuff. You know, he's he's created a good problem for his coaches. Yeah, no, we've, we've talked to Nick Cross stuff to death, but – extremely excited for this guy and I'm happy that he's able to kind of turn it around so far so far turned around after a pretty tough rookie season the guy mm. I'm going to go with is Dio Adangbo the pass rusher mm. that we all know and love obviously on the Colts defensive front uh, I wasn't at every single training camp practice so it's hard for me to determine what he was doing every day in camp but I was able to watch all the preseason games just like all you guys were and the Colts kind of went out of their way to give Dio Dangbo a lot of snaps in the mm. preseason they really want to get this young player some reps against some offensive linemen. Again, maybe not NFL starter caliber offensive linemen, but just against NFL offensive linemen. And throughout the preseason, I mean, he had three sacks. He had another one that was waved off with an offsides penalty. So technically four sacks. And the, the one that got waved off might have been his prettiest sack of the entire offseason. It was the, that cross chop on the outside, which was gorgeous. Uh, looked good rushing from the inside. The outside was constantly uh, having quarterbacks under duress. I thought Dio Dambo looked fantastic in the preseason. And I'm really excited for him going into the season because, you know, when you look at this Colts defensive front, he's kind of like the fourth defensive lineman. You know, he's the guy that you're not really going to be thinking about because, oh, you had DeForest Buckner next to him on the interior. You're going to have uh, Quiddy Pay and Samson Abukum, two solid rushers on the outside. You're not going to think about Dio Dangbo, so he's going to have so many one-on-one -on -one opportunities. And if he's coming to the season just energetic, fresh, coming off of a really positive offseason, we could we could see a really big year for Dio Dangbo. So I know again every offseason we say Dio Dangbo and Quiddy Pay are breaking out, but I'm really excited about that duo and, and Dio Dangbo especially just had a had a really really good offseason by by my count, and and I'm excited for him going into this year for sure. Yeah, this this is a big one for him. You know, year three, it's the second year off of the Achilles, you know, past the Achilles. Uh, so that's what you hope to see from him. And it's it's really big for the Colts. You hope you have two pass rushers. But it's, I feel like it's been a while since they've had a third one. And, you know, teams want more than that, obviously, but the Colts have not had that luxury. They're obviously not a, a team that gets a ton of sacks off the edge. But, you know, if you can count on Quiddy Pay and Samson Abukum to be consistent, and then you've got this guy as your next one in there, like rushing from the inside and outside. I think that's going to be really, really big for, for Gus Bradley's defense. So I, I like that selection. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're jumping the newcomer of the year. And I feel like for most of this, we're going to stick with the cornerback room because that's obviously the most notable thing here. So I'm going to go with a rookie at cornerback, but it's not with the two or high, the two higher drafted ones. I'm going to go with seventh round pick Jalen Jones. I thought he's had a really good camp, looked really solid and just technically sound in every phase. Really good impressed man. I know Gus Bradley shouted him out on, on Sunday about that when talking with reporters about how good he looked in press man in college and how he's brought that to the NFL. Uh, and all his tapes been really good on Jalen Jones. So again, I, I, I expect Juju Brents and Darius Rush to get there. Eventually they've had up and down camps. But as of right now, Jalen Jones has shown to be the most NFL ready and just the most, again, up for the task going into the season. So Jalen Jones, really, really great camp, and I'm hoping he can carry that into the season as well. I know it pained you to not select Daryl Baker Jr. on this one because that's your guy. <laughs> we'll talk more about Baker here in a minute. Um, but, no, just, again, we've talked about the fact that this was a guy who 
was like the opposite of a household name, even to Colts fans. Like no, no one knew who Daryl Baker Jr. was before this the summer started. Like I knew he was on the roster, but I figured he was a camp body essentially. And now here he is as, as your top outside corner. So that's going to bring us over to the biggest surprise of the summer uh, defensively. And that includes Baker again. And it's going to be that Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr. have held off this young group. You know, the Colts drafted three corners. Um, they, the, those two guys who had all odds stacked against them, uh, they have fended off the, the young guys. Now, the young guys have had some injuries, but even if the young guys had been healthy the whole time, I, I think Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker have had really, really solid summers. Yeah, yeah, no, it's one of the biggest surprises because we all kind of assume that Juju Brents would be a starter going into mm. the season. And it's not like he's been like atrocious in camp. Like he's been he's been solid. Like it hasn't been perfect. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie about that, but like he's had a fine camp, but these two other players are just having really strong camps. Daryl Baker Jr. has been outstanding. Dallas Flowers has been a little up and down, but the team loves his athleticism and loves what he's been able to do, and he put together a really good preseason game against the Eagles. So mm-hmm like they've earned these, this opportunity that they're both going to get, you know, I think it's really, really unlikely that two undrafted free agent corners become starters for this team, uh, two undrafted free agent corners from last season. But you know what, if anyone can beat the odds, it's these two guys. I'm really excited about both of them. And even if it's a disaster, I'm excited to watch the disaster unfurl, but uh, I really do like both these players. They've earned this, this job that they're going to have. And I hope they can keep it as long as possible. I know Juju Brents is coming, but these guys have earned this shot and I'm excited for both of them. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm, I'm curious to see how long they're going to hold on to that. And, uh, of course, we can't you know sign off without talking about this. One of the biggest pleasant surprises of the, the whole team, uh, Shaquille Leonard's presence. Uh, this guy has been around all training camp. You know, he was there from the beginning of training camp, ramped up his activity level steadily. Before you knew it, he was playing in a preseason. I think he played against the Bills in that first preseason game. So, mm-hmm. Uh, it did not take that guy long to get back to I'm mean, he's not back at like maniac level yet, but like he's back on the field. And I think, you know, once he's back from this concussion, uh, they'll be ready to, you know, let him play full time again once they once he feels like it's it's cool. Um, but the fact that he's been in gameplay and this hasn't been some big like Andrew Luck thing looming over the team, like what's wrong with his leg? Is he coming back like? That's not a thing. And can you imagine if we had the Jonathan Taylor thing and this going on at the same time? Like, that would have been a mess. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Shaquille Leonard, for saving us from that storyline this summer as well. Yeah, just one of the most pleasant surprises. We just didn't know the status of him whatsoever coming into camp. To see him out there, he participated in pretty much every single practice this entire offseason. All, all of the them joint- until the last one. Yeah, until the last one. Did all the joint practice stuff with both the Eagles and with the Bears. Uh, did unfortunately suffer a concussion at the very end against the Eagles. And I'm not going to sit here and say that's great. Like concussions are awful. And I think this is like his fourth one in the NFL. So that's scary on its own right. But the fact that it wasn't the back injury that has been worked on multiple times by, by surgeons, the fact that that hasn't really come up too much at all this offseason is such a pleasant surprise. But every day is, you know, we're going to transition out of talking about just the Colts training camp and, and looking back at everything. The next couple of days, we're going to be looking forward at this team coming up, what, what we expect for the season, uh, and also breaking down all the news and, and updates that we get these next couple of days. So every day is, again, tune into our show early in the mornings when we're going to be posting on audio and visual platforms. 
And if you don't already, follow at Locked on Colts, at NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 all on Twitter slash X. Also subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your guys' ratings and reviews, and we'll see you guys back here bright and early tomorrow morning.